On this episode of Rock Down South, we chat with Creed Fisher. He's a super talented country and rock artist who has a brand new album out called Whiskey and the Dog. We talk about his background and his musical career thus far, both of which have pretty incredible stories to them. Plus, we have a couple of live songs for you, so you definitely don't want to miss this one. We hope you all enjoy. Let's go. Welcome to another exciting episode of Rock Down South, a show where my friends and I chat with musical artists and ask them the questions we want to know about. Today, we sit down and talk with Creed Fisher, and this guy is the definition of a modern-day outlaw country artist. This is a guy who does music the way he wants to and doesn't hold back when it comes to messenger style. His music ranges from traditional country to southern rock, and frankly, I like all of it. He's also lived a super interesting life thus far, which you'll hear a little bit more about on today's episode. Plus, we have a couple of live songs for you towards the end to hear. So without further ado, here's the interview. Creed Fisher, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, brother. How you doing? Dude, I am doing great. Thank you so much for jumping on. Looking forward to this one. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, you're still in Texas, right? Yes, sir. New Braunfels, Texas. Okay. Awesome. What's the nearest city to you? San Antonio is the nearest big city. Cool, cool. And uh, let's just jump right into it, man. Let's not waste any time. Uh, I think real briefly, kind of just wanted to get into a little bit of your background, because uh, from what I know, it's uh, pretty interesting. Um, I think I heard in some other interviews that you served in the military you played professional minor league football into your thirties and that you also might've worked on an oil rig. Is that right? I worked out in the oil field for 20 years. I was a journeyman electrician. So I was actually an electrician. I worked on some of the rigs, everything from that to the oil wells. So all that stuff. And I served in the army back in the early nineties, played minor league football till I was 33. And that's when I got into music. Oh, wow. Were you playing music that whole time before that? Or did you just, you know, when did you start singing and playing guitar? Well, I was 35, 2010. Oh, wow. 11 years, I guess. So you'd never picked up, I mean, you might've picked up a guitar, but you'd never seriously pursued singing and playing guitar or learning it until you're 35. I had never picked up a guitar until I was 35. Oh my gosh. You don't hear that very much these days at all. <laughs> no, it's not your average story. <laughs> and it sounds like you lived a whole bunch of life before uh, jumping headfirst into music a little over 10 years ago. Uh, what was that turning point? Yeah, I've lived four lives at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I would just have to say my divorce back in 2008 started me off on a different path. And that's when I got into music. And since then, you know, that's that's what my life's been about. Pretty cool, man. Uh, and so one of the things I like about you, uh, Creed, as an artist, is that you definitely do and say what you want. Uh, your music preaches the outlaw lifestyle. Your lyrics are really honest and unfiltered and probably uh, the most unfiltered that I've heard in country music in a while. And I know we probably could, you know, go off on a whole discussion for a little while about the importance of free speech and stuff like that. But uh, what I thought was really cool is your attitude and actions around releasing music. 
it seems like you kind of release what you want and when you want, and that you do not care what the typical album cycle maybe should be from the music industry standpoint. Was it seven albums that you released between 2020 and now? Let's see. I released Old School in October 2019, and Whiskey and the Dog was my ninth album since then. So that's nine albums since October 2019, oh all gosh. of which all of which debuted the top five of iTunes. Oh, my gosh. That's more albums than people releasing their whole careers. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I really like that about you. I looked at the dates on my streaming app. And I was like, this has to be wrong. These dates are wrong because sometimes they get wrong. And I did some more digging. I was like, no way all these were released that close together. But uh, man, I love it. I've loved it. I've listened to all of it. <laughs> yeah. And like I always say, you know, I was hitting it from a lot of different angles. I did the Outlaw Influence Volume 1 series, covers of My Heroes. And then obviously I did I'm a country music artist. And then I also did a Southern Rock album wild ones yeah that's one of my personal favorites i think that was the first one you released in 2020 like six or seven albums ago and you just put out the music video for the wild ones album which is an awesome awesome banger yeah you know like i said i mean as an independent artist you just do what you can man you at first i didn't have a lot of money you know so i had to nickel and dime everything that's why if you look at my releases you see 2014 and then I didn't put out another album for two years, 2016. And then it was another two years before Life of a Working Man came out. And that was just because I didn't have money to record. You know, when I finally started having success and I just built up this portfolio of all these songs, I'd been writing for a good six, seven years, you know. And then when I finally had the money to go to the studio a bunch, obviously COVID happens. So I stayed in the studio most of the year in 2020. At that time, I wasn't signed to a label, so I was just doing what I wanted. I didn't have anybody telling me what to do, which I still don't. But I think the difference is, you know, I just, the way I look at it as an artist that came up from the bottom is, you know, until I have the money to, if I have all these songs that are good, that are great, you know, and in different kinds of, you know, rock, Southern rock, and then some are country, you got bluegrass in there then why would I not go cut them and get them out? If, you know, if I'm, the more music I put out, the more I make, you know, then you hit that certain point where you're like, all right, I've attained a certain level of success. But for me, I hooked up with a label and I finally started marketing my music. And then when you market your music, it takes a little longer. You know, you want to do the videos and you want to space it out. So I did four albums in 2020 and I've got it down now where I'm doing three a year. Three a year is still more than <laughs> most people do and you know what from a fan perspective it is absolutely awesome that you're doing that i wish more artists did that and uh, you may have started you know after you were 35 man but uh you fast-tracked your career over 20 years with the amount of music that you put out absolutely <laughs> to be honest with you man i was just following other artists that i saw doing the same thing that were having success really and i think it's just the old music business changed and now you got the new music business and as an independent artist i mean i just learned kind of learned to do my own thing you know i think everybody's different but for me that's it worked and uh, going back to the wild ones album that's i think probably my personal favorite i'm mostly a rock guy i love country i listen to country 
I really like your outlaw country stuff, but uh, I think at heart, I'm more of a rock guy. So I really dug that whole album. Listen, the whole thing, you know, many times over. Was that the idea of going into that one? I just want to make a rock record. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I try to separate my music. I mean, sometimes when I go in there, you know, to do my country stuff, I'll do a song that kind of, kind of teeters on the edge of uh, country rock. The thing about the Wildlands album is that was my band. And that was a different producer, Taz Osterhaus, who's my guitar player. And so I think that, yeah, I mean, I went into that to make a Southern rock album, something that was different. Well, I hope you do another one like that pretty soon. It's already in the works. I'm actually recutting. uh, I'm redoing one of my first albums called Ain't Scared to Bleed. Oh, yeah. Listen to that one. That one's good. That was my first Southern rock album I ever did. So yeah, I'm recutting that. And then we're going to go straight back into the studio and do our next Southern rock album. Uh, that'd be cool. Cause that first album is a good one. I listened to it and um, listened to your later stuff as well. The first one, the songs are still good. The songs are very well written. And there's, I think the only thing different maybe is production wise, your production has gotten a lot better. I think your singing has improved really well. So you sound a lot better now, not that you didn't sound good before, but I think you've found a little bit more of your voice and have gotten more accustomed to it in your recordings. There's not a doubt, but I thought about that when I was listening to it, I was like, man, this would be like an actual good one to remake. Man. I tell you, I feel the same way. You know, I, I did two albums before rednecks like us and I, the first album I did, I did in Nashville, and I just completely did away with it. I've recut several songs on that album that I put on later releases, but uh, I think with, with Ain't Scared to Bleed, it was such a popular album and just never had the production, you know, and it was, you know, the first album I did, basically. And so I wanted to go back and redo that album with the same production of Wild Ones, and uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about that. Man, that just uh, that just made my day hearing that you're going to redo that album because I was thinking just that. And uh, man, whew, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that meant meant a lot to me to go back and redo that album. It was just such a popular album, but I never felt like it got what it deserved. Yeah, I mean, and that's not always the case with a lot of artists. First time out, you know, the songwriting isn't as good as it could be later on. But uh, the songwriting that one is, is good to where you know definitely deserves a another breath of fresh air when it comes to your writing what's kind of the school of thought it seems like you're either writing kind of traditional country kind of songs that probably wouldn't be played on country radio because they're too country and then you got those rock songs which are not going to be played really on country radio and kind of very little in between (laughs) what's kind of that approach to uh to making music i just make the music that i love you know, I don't, I don't really worry about radio. Radio doesn't pay my bills. Actually, it costs me money. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, I work the Texas chart. I don't have any aspirations or dreams of being on mainstream uh, country radio. could care less about it. I sing old-style country music. The thing about it is I do a little bit of everything. You know, there's a little bit of Hank Jr. in there. There's bluegrass. There's a little bit of Willie Whalen. And then I turn around and do Leonard Skinner, you know, and that's just the music that I grew up loving. You know, I'm not going to adjust anything that I do for radio. Now I do do Texas radio, 
but I've just learned to give them, you know, the songs they want. In Texas radio, you know, it's it's not as bad as mainstream, you know, with the with the hip hop, pop, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean, it's still a struggle. I mean, I have to really plan it out what I'm going to give them. They don't want slow songs. They want the more honky tonk, upbeat stuff. So I just try to keep that in mind when I'm putting albums together. Make sure I get, you know, at least two or three songs on there that, that we can either radio edit or that are just good for radio, Texas radio. But Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to sell out and go, you know, kiss someone's butt to to get my music uh, to go be on the CMAs. Or, no, that's not me. I'm going <laughs> to stay right here making what I'm making. I'm I'm happy, you know. I don't have to make $15 million a year, you know. A million a year is plenty for me. <laughs> and I think that's what people like about you. I really do. And uh, your fans, uh, you know, you got a lot of rabid fans that love your stuff. And uh, I think that's part of it. You know, that's part of it. You know, you're making music that people want to hear that's different. That's not uh, cookie cutter. And uh, you might go a little rock. You can go traditional country, you know, a little Hank and little uh, Waylon. And uh, yeah, I mean, people love it. Uh, another thing that people like, and I especially like is your lyrics and your approach to writing lyrics. They're pretty clear, straightforward, uh, interesting, and I can kind of easily understand them on the first go around. And, uh, admittedly, I'm not much of a lyrics guy because I usually either can't hear them, couldn't make it out, or they're kind of either, you know, nebulous topics and, uh, you really can't understand them, but, uh, I really like your lyrics and, uh, you know, what's kind of that approach to uh, writing lyrics? It's just, I would say that's my biggest talent in music is the way of putting words together. I've never been one of these guys that wants a damn riddle in my music. <laughs> you know, some people, you know, like I've had other artists tell me, Creed, you know, oh, you know, that's a good song, but, you know, you should say it different where you don't really say it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I say, I tell a story. You know, I, I don't tell, I don't tell riddles. You don't have to go back and listen to it three times to, and then, you know, write it all down. And then, you know, no riddles in my music. <laughs> it's catchy hooks that, that, that hit people hard. You know, you're either going to cry, you're going to drink, you're going to laugh, but there's definitely no riddles in my music, which I, I don't like that, you know? And that's another thing that I take pride in is my lyric. And, you know, the, the way that I, the thing about being an independent artist, you learn the power that you have over your music because I'm the guy that mixes my music. See, I don't have some guy at a label telling me, oh, your vocals are too loud. We need to cover them up with, with music. You know, I tell them to turn my vocals up until I'm happy with it. And then, <laughs> and, you know, and that's it, you know? So I think lyrics are the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I like those lyrics a lot. I can understand them the first time around. And, you know, if it's a song that I'm going to like the lyrics to, I can understand them right off the bat. And I like it. If it's a song where the lyrics don't really resonate with me, that's fine. You know, that's just the way it is. One of the things that I've found out talking to artists is I generally try not to ask about lyrics that I don't really understand because I'm never really happy with the answer that they give, you know, their lyric might be resonating with me one way, and then I'll ask them about it and they'll say, oh, it's about X, Y, Z topic. And I'm like, oh man, I wish you didn't tell me that. 
I think I think when it comes to those type of lyrics, it kind of means something different to everybody, and it should be left that way. Yeah, and that's why I keep it. If they're nebulous and they mean something to me, I'm not even asking about them these days because yeah. I don't want to know. I agree. That's the best way to go about it. <laughs> but I know what your lyrics say, and I like them. Well, man, I take pride in that. That's that's to me. I mean, a guy from West Texas didn't start playing until he was 35. Why am I doing what I'm doing right now? And, you know, and the reason why is people hear the message. And so many times, I mean, I can't tell you how I many. It's such a pet peeve of mine. Not only to walk into a show and the, and the lyrics are all muffled. I can't hear a word the guy's saying. But when you walk away from a Creed Fisher show or you walk away from a Creed Fisher CD, you're going to understand the message. It's going to be very clear. And I think that's the difference between my music and a lot of the other artists. Definitely a difference there. And speaking of music and listening to a CD, I listened to that Whiskey and the Dog, your latest release. I listened to that thing, you know, from start to finish. Man, that was a fun and chill uh, CD, man. I enjoyed that one. That was uh, one of my better ones, I think. Just the way it came together is very storytelling-ish and it was just very, very traditional country. I think there was one song on there down to the riverbank that was kind of country rock with the banjo, but you know, you had several waltzes on there and you had a lot of stories about different things, a lot of different topics. It's kind of like a, a roller coaster ride through that album. So that's definitely one that I can listen to over and over. Yeah, I think that's your latest one. I like that one a lot. Do you got another one on the horizon? I think I saw you post that you might have another one coming at some point. Yeah, we got a new album coming out, Rebel in the South, coming out April. Nice. Not too far. That's going to be awesome. Then I have a kid's album that I've done, a couple of kid's songs I wrote. One's called I'm in Time Out, and the <laughs> other one's called The Burrito Song. And so it's a five-song EP called Creed Fisher and the Little Outlaws. <laughs> so all the little kids are singing along with me on that it's 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 a, it was it's going to be a really fun thing and then obviously we have we're trying to figure out how we're going to release all the you know this music but i'm pretty sure i'm going to get i'm going to put out outlaw influence volume two for christmas this year so that's going to be your late uh year release so we're going to have rebel in the south in april you're going to get creed fisher and little outlaws sometime mid to late summer and then sometime around october november december you're going to get outlaw influence volume two and then early early 2023 you're going to get ain't scared to bleed and then we'll move on from there but quite the release schedule man quite the release schedule i'm looking forward to it so let's uh let's talk rock music real briefly um, I know I listen to a wide variety of it, you know, classic rock to heavy metal, 80s rock, modern hard rock. But what do you usually like to listen to? And what are you listening to lately? Man, I listen to so much different music. It's I like, obviously, Leonard Skinner. You know, I always go back to, to Leonard Skinner. A lot of the grunge stuff from the 90s. I grew up, you know, I graduated in 92. So I love the old Allison Chains and Soundgarden and uh, I guess even Nirvana, I wasn't, you know, that high on Nirvana, but uh, just that whole sound, you know, caught me for a while. And I think over the years, I've grown to love bands like Breaking Benjamin, 
really dig their sound. But for me, man, it always goes back to that Southern rock sound of Leonard Skinner, Marshall Tucker band. I'm from the South and I just, I love the mix of the, you know, the sound that I'm going for is like, you got Leonard Skinner and then three hillbillies walk out of the, the woods. One's <laughs> carrying a banjo and one's got a dobro and the other one's got, you know, a fiddle, you know, and, and then they walk on stage with Leonard Skinner. You know, that's kind of the sound I'm going for when it comes to rock, the rock side of what I'm doing. But I just love music in general, man. I, I listen to a lot of, uh, I also enjoy up church, you know, he's a, he's a newer guy that I really up church. Another guy releases a lot of music. Yeah. I learned a lot from him, you know, whether you like his music or not, you know, I, I learned a lot from him and I kind of emulated what he was doing to be honest with you. And, and then I ended up being in a song of his, which I appreciate, you know, He's one of the biggest independent artists on the planet today. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with Upchurch. He's, he's impressive. Yeah. You know, I like, I like Kid Rock. I've never really Love cared Kid Rock. rap. You know, I'm not, I like, I like metal mixed with rap. I dig that. Hardcore riffs, hardcore metal riffs with some, you know, hardcore lyrics. That's why I like Up Church because to me, man, I just like his words, you know. And I really dig his Southern rock, his his kind of rock stuff he did. It not Southern really, rock, I guess Southern rock, but his Creeker it was album. More, it was kind of more like Allison Changes, you know. Yeah, the the Creeker album and uh, the Creeker the Creeker series. I, I dig both of those. Yeah, I like those. Those are good ones. And then you know, if I'm not listening to that, man, I'm listening to Merle Haggard. I, I do a lot of Merle Haggard. I'll never get tired of that. Hey, speaking of Leonard Skinner, I noticed you covered a song of theirs that's a little bit on the newer side that I personally have always loved, the Still and Broken song. I was really impressed when I heard that on your record. It kind of blew me away because that song is one of my favorite Skinner songs that doesn't get enough appreciation and love. I fell in love with that song the minute I heard it. And I was just like, I got, I need to cut that. I, and I was going through, you know, a lot of stuff at the time, a lot. That was, that was right when I was uh, about to have my neck surgery. And so that one just, that one hit me, man. And I, we recorded it. We played it, you know, uh, in the live show for a good year, two years. And it's just one that has a lot of heart and emotion, man. Can't beat it. That's a good one. Off the God and Guns album. I think it came out in like 07 or 08. That's one of my favorite songs on the album. And I always enjoy playing it live. It just has so much energy. And it's 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 a song about overcoming a bunch of stuff, you know, and, and you're still alive, you're still unbroken. And still alone, because I resonate with that too. So speaking of playing live, what's the worst show that you've ever played? Maybe it was a bad performance you had, a bad crowd, a small crowd, or maybe just a weird venue. And there's been there's too many to say. <laughs> i would say just the weirdest show i ever played was this one show i was supposed to play in, in alabama when we show you know so it, we showed up and there's there's like caution tape around a, a trailer and so, yeah we get that was a that was a rough one right there but that's the kind of things that happens to you when you're early in your career you know you're just you're pushing you're, you're looking for every dime you can get you know every every bit of help you can get and 
I ended up out in Alabama playing the, the three hillbillies. <laughs> All right. And now we have a couple of live tracks from Creed. This first song is called High in the Bottle. Yeah. 
Man, that was a really good song there. I like that one a lot. This next song is a little bit more rocking. It's called Bad Girl.
Hope you guys enjoyed those songs as much as I did. Now, let's get back to the interview. So the next three questions are what we close with and ask everyone. So first question, what would you tell your 21-year-old self? I would tell my 21-year-old self, don't play football. Don't play minor league football. (laughs) And don't get married to her. (laughs) Start writing songs and pick up a guitar and stay away from football. That's what I tell my 21-year-old self. Good answer. Of course, my 21-year-old self wouldn't listen. (laughs) I don't think anybody listens at that age. (laughs) All right, next question. What are you drinking lately? And if you don't drink alcohol, it can be anything refreshing you like to drink. Man, I drink a lot of vodka, to be honest with you. I had to switch over from bourbon to vodka. That bourbon, you know, it's just not good. So I drink a lot of vodka and I drink uh, Dos Equis. You know, I've really come to love a, a Dos Equis. You're Texas guy. Do you do the Tito's or do you have a personal preference for the vodka? Gotta be Tito's. Yeah gotta be tito's you don't want to have a hangover the next day you know what i mean (laughs) so as you know this is the rock down south podcast so what is something that you love about the south everything every last thing the only thing i don't love about the south is all the northerners and californians and new yorkers are coming here (laughs) that's the truth the south is everything that i love about america and you know it's my home you know, it's nothing against the North. I know the North has a lot of beautiful places. There's a lot of good people up there. But for me, I'm from the South and from Texas. So, I mean, there's absolutely nothing about the South that I don't love. Hey, thank you so much, Creed, for being a part of the show today. Where can people find and connect with you online? Our website's creedfisher.com. And then you, you can find us on Facebook, obviously, Instagram and all, the, all those places. Twitter. I'm not so much on Twitter, but I do have one. I just don't get on it very much. But Instagram and Facebook's a good place. The website's obviously the best place, creedfisher.com. You keep up with our touring, get all of our CDs, and uh, just keep up with uh, everything we're doing. And anything you want people to know about uh, that you have on the horizon? Obviously, you've got uh, three albums coming out this year. You know, just want to thank everybody for the support and we're, we're doing really good and it's it's nice to get out you know be torn again and just come see us you know we're playing all over the the country this year there's no telling where we're going to end up so you can keep up with the tour at greenfisher.com and just come see us thank you so much for listening to the show today hope y'all enjoyed this episode i had a really good time chatting with creed i'm just amazed at this guy's work ethic He has released more music here in the last two years than most acts do their whole career. And these aren't duds either. This is quality music that has some impressive variety across styles and genres. Plus, he was super cool to talk with. It was a fun interview to do. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him play live next time he comes through town. So make sure to go to follow Creed on all of his social media pages and give his latest album, Whiskey and the Dog, a listen. Also, take a look at his tour schedule as he may be playing near you sometime soon. Check out all our content at rockdownsouth.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for the latest updates. And as always, the views and opinions expressed by our guests on the show are theirs and don't necessarily reflect our own. I'm Mark, and you've been listening to Rock Down South. See y'all next time. Rock Down South.